Hello, and welcome back to the show that never ends. Eventually it will end. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Reviews from the Crawl Space, episode 165 of this show that we do. Sitting across from me is Vicky. Hi. And sitting right where I am, me, is Douglas. <laughs> wow, you just jumped right in. Yeah, we're getting at it. We're getting right back into that it. That time off during the holidays, yeah. just energized. Oh, flipping tables and shit. Let's go. Let's get into this. Whatever this is. <laughs> um, so we're back. As you had, if you're just finding this for the first time, well, welcome. We've been doing this for a while. Um, we review three albums from an inher inherited collection, three at a time, at random. And then you're stuck with whatever we do. <laughs> with whatever we do. <laughs> and so are we. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the flip side of it is we have, been, and different. we have been able to curate and actually a really good, uh, I would say an excellent Really is kind of like a, almost like a 70s, early 80s FM rock playlist. I call it RFTCS Radio. On Spotify, check it out. We have a playlist there, RFTCS Radio. And we also curate that aspect of it from everything that we've listened to. And whatever shows up on Spotify, because sometimes... Almost everything. There because, are some well, that's, that's what I said, curated. Rare exceptions. Well, that's what I said, curated, because the stuff we like. We're not going to put on crap we don't like. And there's just stuff that we like that also, like I said, doesn't show up on Spotify. Because so if we don't like it, you probably you don't, don't like, like it. it. Yeah, that's the way that goes. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Um, you can find us on Twitter at rftcs1, and you can find us on Instagram. Reviews from the crawl space is one word. Uh, similar uh, thing. Uh, they you can find us for our newest episode that what we're working on currently. Uh, past episodes and all the all the album covers to that uh, on Twitter and on both places you can find links to our past episodes and on Twitter you tend to post more general music and vinyl articles and what have yous yeah so we got that more in there. what have yous is right <clears throat> exactly so let's get cracking on today's episode because I actually don't think it's going to take too long considering some pretty gaping gaping holes in the in the data. You the, might be surprised. In the data set. I can always find stuff to yeah, talk about. I don't, I don't believe you. Not Let's find out. Okay, so okay. today on episode 165, mm -hmm. uh, we have an album by another a band called Head East, called Getting Lucky. The second album up is The Moody Blues. This is The Moody Blues. It's a double album compilation. Uh, and number three, Bonnie Raitt, Sweet Forgiveness. I will say, before we kind of get into it, I, I was kind of mentioning too, when I said before, the show eventually will end. And yeah, we're not too far away from the show ending this, like what we're doing right now. We're just writing out of albums, the cover, and yeah. the collection's a bit of a unicorn. So we're just kind of figuring out what we should do next with it. So anybody listening out there, or whoever, five listeners, please, <laughs> uh, if you, a couple ideas is to try and figure out continue on with some sort of music maybe more newer newer music or we also have we have an old dvd collection of ours that's been hanging around for a while we haven't looked at we could review those yes before we, might, we yeah. sell them off we could <laughs> we have an hd dvd hd dvd collection that we could review we could pivot to movies pivot to movies yeah and i think that's it so uh anybody listening would like to kind of hear from you in that regard uh, what should we review what should we talk about so, yeah, okay, anyways, so right, so All right. let's get cracking. Okay, Head East. Head East. Getting lucky. This is the second Head East album that we have uh, had on the podcast. The first one was Head East Live on episode 
154. Yeah, so within the last 10, yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they are an American rock band. The band achieved success in the Midwest during the 70s. Getting Lucky was their, or was released in 1977. It was their third studio album and is one of their most renowned releases. It peaked at number 136 on the Billboard Pop Charts. Uh, the band at the time of this recording consisted of Roger Boyd on keyboard uh, and vocals, Steve Houston on drums, Mike Somerville on guitar, and Dan Burney on bass, and John Schlitt on lead vocals. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, the band is still active today with Roger Boyd uh, being the only original member left in the band. Oh, okay. Uh, but imagine a couple of them are probably still aren't alive either. Weren't you saying wasn't this band that you were saying that somebody was uh, just just passed somewhat recently? No, probably. Um, yes, uh, yeah, maybe it is this one. Yeah, Mike yeah. Somerville. Yeah, uh, was twenty twenty, I believe. So I read so much sometimes I get the bands mixed up. Sure. Uh, producer on this album, Richard Polidor, uh, two hundred and forty one producing credits to his name, Black Oak, Arkansas, Steppenwolf. Three Dog Night and Alice Cooper. Oh, that's funny because you can kind of hear some of those things. Yeah. Some of those. Yeah, you sure can. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of why we talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see the influences that are uh, behind it. Well, I wasn't aware of that because definitely Alice Cooper is also one of the, like, when we get into it, is one of the influences that you can kind of hear the sound a little bit. And now that makes sense why. Because, yeah. Because yeah. he produced he one produced of the it, yeah. produced albums for it. Track listing, <clears throat> side A, Getting Lucky. Back in My Own Hands, mm-hmm. uh, Show Me I'm Alive, Take It On Home, and Dancer Road. Side B. Mm-hmm. Don't Let Me Sleep in the Morning. Thank you. I just needed to turn the page, not the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Let Me Sleep in the Morning, Sounds of t- or Sands of Time, Call to Arms and Legs, Time Has a Way, and Every Little Bit of My Heart. Runtime on this album is 41 minutes, 32 seconds. The context uh, before album was Get Yourself Up, in ni- released in 1976, and the after was Head East, released in 1978. Hmm. There you go. Got one of the... So yeah, not a lot got of information one, got on this band. one of the band. good ones. The actual... One of the actual ones that shows up somewhere and shows up on Spotify, and not one of the magical ones that, for some reason, is in the artist catalog but doesn't show up anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you can't yes. listen to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it um, happens. I like this album. I like their first album that we reviewed. I'd never heard of them before. We put them. We had them on the podcast before. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you we'd heard definitely are familiar with one of their songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, but, but I actually, didn't know actually know of them. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, to me, they're kind of like a, a fucking cult band in that they don't have, they're not going to be like a Pink Floyd or fucking Queen, but they, they just put out like solid albums with good yeah. songs. Yeah. And they're not, they don't make a lot of bad songs, but they're just like consistently like high tempo, high energy, uh, catchy fucking tunes. Rock. Because rock, yeah. Yeah. I would say <clears throat> classic, like classic FM rock. Like, yeah. This is the shit you would definitely hear on the radio back in the day. Yeah, and one of the songs, Back in My Own Hands, is very Rush-like. Like, whoever the way sings his vocals, it, yeah. Yeah, it sounds very Getty Lee-ish. Yeah, and well, I can just say, that's one of my comments, too, is that the guy can sing. He really yeah. belts it. A couple of songs, he really belts it out, and that's one of them, for sure. Uh, the songs that I, like, yeah, like you said, Get Lucky was the single, but for me, uh, 
Dancer Road was good. We both talked about liking that one. Yes. Don't, yeah. let, don't Let Me Sleep in the Morning, Sands of Time, and Every Little Bit of My Heart. And Getting Lucky wasn't bad. Get li- no, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the main song, but I think there were some other good songs on there that didn't... Uh, and that's why I think it's kind of a culty band. Like, my, my quote was like, there's no chart, not chart toppers in this thing. No. It's just like fucking catchy, catchy rock songs. No, it's just one of those albums that if you feel like some good rock, yeah, just you throw it, it on. And then there's it's, no bad songs on it. No, it's not well known. It's not. Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's the culty aspect. Is they're not the huge well known yeah. thing. It's just like put it on. It's like, and there's a good chance you might know one of their songs too and be like, oh shit, I didn't realize they did this like we did before. Well, because there's bands that we talk about on this podcast that you think, what the hell? Whoever let them make music? Yeah. Why sure. did they release this album? There's. There's nothing to it. Well, this band isn't one of those. No, it's the opposite. They actually should have had more success than they did. Yeah, and they, well, like you said, they're still playing. So they've just been one of those underground burns for a while. It's just they have their fan base and, you know, they're loyal. And I understand why, because like I said, it's a a lot of really good musicianship. Yes. I would say, though, considering the music, I wish their drummer was more adventurous. (laughs) Because I kind of wish it was a little heavier sometimes when he would, like, lay into it. But, uh... That, um, that could be part of the producer's yes. thing. Yeah, totally, yeah. As well, I guess. Yeah, and it's just like you said, just like it's good straightforward rock. And one thing I'll get into here, too, is the other aspect is I really like the audio. Yeah. So we'll just kind of go on to that. Um, yeah, the other one was mixed really well as also. I'm going to say all, that I can all three. Yeah. Uh, oh, you mean all in terms of uh, in terms of Head East? Yeah, Head East. Which, yeah. Was, which was a live album, too, True. considering. So that was not too bad that you remember that as being. Yeah. Sounded good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember it not sounding good. Yeah. Yeah. So, Getting Lucky, Head East, A&M Records, Catalog SP-4624, Canada 1977. It's an original pressing. Condition, the cover is good-ish. Readable spine, some minor damage on, on the opening edge, yeah. So on here, it's got some, it's got some smushing going on. Eh, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> the, the sleeve is plain paper, but it has a printed lyrics insert and has all the lyrics on there. Oh, neat. Uh, the vinyl is very good, scratch and scuff free. So yeah, that's that's. And the lyrics audio. Lyrics were always one of my favorite things. <clears throat> I always wanted the albums. Yeah, so you to have, have lyrics. Yeah, and they, this one actually, a couple of them lately have had just specific inserts. Because back in the day, we couldn't just go get, Google, Google it. that shit. Nope, or then you had to listen to it and try and figure it out and sing and sing it wrong forever until someone corrected you. Or you exactly. Actually first, found first a copy. Of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, the vinyl, very good, Scott. Yeah, okay, so audio, uh, the audio was excellent. That's one thing I, I like, and I think, I, uh, once again, I think the same thing about you is I think we enjoyed the live sound of it as well. Mm-hmm. Because I thought the audio was excellent. It's a very strong mix. The production's very good. Things are where they should be. You can hear each individual performance and instrument going on. So if you want to just like, in your brain, like isolate it, you can actually hear what that fucking person is doing clearly the whole time. We gave that live album four stars. Four star, yeah. And yeah. It, it nothing steps on itself. Like I said, it's very, very well mixed. And, and I like that. And it's funny because one of the songs too, which I think was the Sands of Time, I thought that had really cranked up the just the rock on that one in terms of the mix so no i enjoyed it uh, this a strong rock mix helps it was a good good one so that is it for me all right yeah not much about this no no there wasn't about this band oh, I, I will say actually there was no speaking of that there's no cover artist information for this which is a shame because i actually like the cover art yeah 
Uh, it's getting lucky. They're the band is in like I don't their their broker stockbroker's place or their manager's place, and they're just all the ticker. The, t- ticker, the ticker tape is like old school. Over. Manager's got the cigar, and it's like on the backside. I think they're hitting it big, but the manager doesn't look happy. I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's cute. And what I like too cute is thing. that they have this cutout. It's like a they've torn out of a piece of paper, and the a newspaper. Yeah, the newspaper. Sorry, and the insert is like a newspaper. I'm gonna pull it out. I'm gonna bitch to get back in there. But it's cut the, yeah, the, I heard the, you. I heard you fighting with yeah, earlier. The song lyrics <laughs> are all there as articles, newspaper articles. But oh, that is song. really cool. Yeah. So, huh. and, and I can't give anybody credit for it because they didn't tell me who did it. Aw, yeah. what a shame. <laughs> I know. I agree. Usually, it's somewhere at least on the album on cover. The, on the vinyl or on the yeah, but yeah. it wasn't. So that's it for me. Okay, so uh, Discogs it gets rated two point two nine out of five. Bullshit. With seven people rating. Uh, resale value on this album is four dollars and one cent, seven dollars and thirty three cents, and twelve dollars and eighty one cents. So I not, think it's worth a twelve. Not worth a lot, but it's a good album. People just can't appreciate good shit. Yeah, and I that two point two nine. Yeah. Boo. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> it's a nonsense rating. Yeah. So okay, so what'd you give it? I gave it three out of three, five. Three, okay, yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. It's it's bang on. It's it's a. It's, it's a very solid, enjoyable album I wrote. Yeah. Catchy. You know, it just like, was. You'll be, you'll be humming along in no time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, boom, head east, down. Down. Okay, this next one. What a joy. The Moody yeah. Blues. This is the Moody Blues. As I mentioned before, it's a double album, compilation. Um, it's the seventh Moody Blues album that we have yeah. reviewed on this podcast. <laughs> That's one of, the, one of the bands that we like in this. We got the Alan Parsons. We got the fucking Moody Blues. We got the Rolling Stones. Uh, so the first one was the 1967 Days of Future Past. Yep. It was on episode 26, which was a YouTube video. Yeah, early YouTube, on. That's, yeah, uh, at the beginning. Episode. Yep. Then 1969's On the Threshold of a Dream. It was on... Episode 40, and that's an anchor podcast. Okay. Uh, 1970s, A Question of Balance uh, was on episode 26. Same as the first. <laughs> so we did, obviously, Must two have... Moody Blues on one. Yeah, back in the day when we allowed it to, to occur. Yeah. Um, in 1971's, Every Good Boy Deserves Favor was on episode 54 on our anchor podcast. And 1972, Seventh Sojourn mm-hmm. was on episode 151. Of our anchor podcast, and last but not least, Long Distance Voyager from 1981 on episode 78 of our anchor. Okay. Podcast. And long distance. I just want to, and for the record, Long Distance Voyager isn't on this collection. It's just that that was just the stuff that we had done on, in, in, on the show. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. those are previously reviewed oh, Moody Blue albums. And which is ironically, well, now that I say that, is that most of those albums are the ones that are on this collection. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, somewhere in here, I, I, I actually say what period of time these were recorded in. Yeah. And 81 Long Distance Voyager wasn't That's the only part one. of it. Yeah. So it's not, there's nothing from that album. Okay, good. Yeah, On exactly. this album, on this compilation. And that's what I was getting at. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, uh, Moody Blues were an English rock band formed in 1964, initially consisting of keyboardist Mike Pinder, multi-instrumentalist Ray Thomas, Guitarist Danny Lanes, drummer Graham Edge, and bassist Cliff Warwick. The group came to prominence playing rhythm and blues. Eventually, Lane and Warwick left the band and were replaced by Justin Hayward on guitar 
and John Lodge on bass. They stayed together for most of the band's classic era in this iteration. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the early 70s, drummer Graham Edge was the only continuous solo member throughout their entire, entire. history. Oh, wow. Uh, with the release of Days of Future Past, the band established themselves as pioneers in the development of art rock and progressive rock. They toured extensively through the 70s. They've sold 70 million albums worldwide, which includes 18 platinums and gold LPs. So this album was released in 1974 while the band was on a self-imposed sabbatical. Hmm. Though all the songs were previously released on albums with the exception of the song A Simple Game, which was a 1968 B-side, Several of them are heard here in distinctly different mixes. The album was first released to provide a separate name. Or yeah, it was the mm-hmm. first to provide a separate name for Late Lament, the symphonic coda and spoken poem that closes Nights in White Satin. Yeah, it's nice because then you can just skip it. Yeah, or <laughs> just listen to it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was the first time we had a name, though, but I'd say I like it from the standpoint that you can just move on. After. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Okay. The <laughs> album, that's kind of the, probably their spoken stuff is some of my favorite stuff on this album. Just their English accent and... You know, there's the poetry and like yeah. some of them, like almost like medieval imagery that they do. And well, yeah, for sure. No, I'm with yeah. you on that, for sure. Yeah. So this album was a commercial and critical success, reaching number 14 in the UK, number 11 in the US. The songs were recorded between October 1967 and August of 1972. The producer on this album was Tony Clark, with 210 producing credits to his name. He's been on the podcast before with On the Threshold of a Dream, A Question of Balance, Every Good Boy Deserves Favor, and The Seventh Sojourn. He's also produced for people like Rick Wakeman, John Mayall, and many of the band members' solo projects, like John Lodge and Justin Hayward. Mm -hmm. So here we go, track listing. Yeah, hold on. Side A, question. The actor, the word, a poem. Eyes of a child, dear diary, legend of a mind. Side B, in the beginning. Lovely to see you, never comes the day. Uh, Isn't life strange, the dream, which is a poem. Have you heard part one? The Voyage, have you heard part two? Side C is Ride My Seesaw, Tuesday Afternoon, and The Tide Rushes In, New Horizons, A Simple Game, Watching and Waiting. And finally, side D, I'm Just a Singer in a Rock and Roll Band, For the Lady, The Story in Your Eyes, Melancholy Man, Nights in White Satin, Satin, Late Lament. Runtime on this album, 94 minutes, 18 seconds. Yeah, it's a, it's a beast. It is, but uh, context, side, uh, the before album was Seventh Sojourn, mm-hmm. released in 1972, and the after was a live album called Caught Live Plus Five, uh, was released in 1977. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, with this... And you kind of mentioned some some stuff already about it, but I'll just get into it. It's like it's probably one of the greatest compilations in the ca- in the collection, if not just like if by this point in the seventies rock music, it's definitely got to be one of the best one the best in the collection, because like it wasn't just it's not just some slap together bullshit. So whoever fucking put this together 
love the music in the band and and they re they remixed a bunch of the songs on here to make it sound uh to to make this the sound match to make the mix match they have the album so it fucking flows like a yeah. goddamn moody yeah. blues album it's yeah. just not just like chunked out songs yeah they there's really no worked quiet. out the segues between yes. yeah there's no breaks in the music it's continuous for that for that hour and 34 minutes it is like just it's a solid listening experience and i wouldn't recommend the whole fucking thing there is not a bad song on this album not a bad side and in fact it's probably more shit they could put on here yeah possibly yep i'd have to go through but i know there's some stuff that's probably missing probably like i mean yeah it's honestly it's it's amazing to me like i said whoever fucking put it together they gave a shit about this and from my understanding they hadn't to this point hadn't done any compilation at all uh, they were 10 years into the run as a band, and they hadn't done any sort of best of or anything. So this was the first one they'd ever done, and they were apparently one of the last bands to hold out and, and not do it. So when they did it, they fucking did it right, because... Yeah. And it's, it's just it's not just, like, from a point A to point B. It's not just, here's our earliest song to here's our newest song in this compilation. It's all interconnected, but it jumps between the different times and yeah. the different albums. And, like, a fucking collage or something it really is it's a, a well outstanding a, a well uh made tapestry yes yeah like, it, it really is, is just I, if i had a nickel for every time i said god i love this album yeah. <laughs> through the umpteen times that we've listened to it over yeah. the last two or three weeks um I, we'd bit. be rich because it's just one of those albums where yeah. it just gives you like it just gave me a whole new appreciation for the moody blues Mm -hmm. I knew that I liked them as a band, mm -hmm. but it just refreshed it. I'm going to download this album, <laughs> and I'm going to play it whenever I go outside for a walk. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's like kind of what we love so much about, like, the progginess, the up and the downs, like the quiets and the, yeah. and the bigger songs, you know, the big orchestra parts, and then, you know, getting down to him just reading poetry or... And it's just like so... It, it's just... It's thought out and, and connects in, in so many... Great way. It's just, yeah, it, it's excellent. It's not just, we've covered so many shitty compilations on this where it's just like the label has just put something out. It's like, here are the songs that were hits, but these were clearly fucking thought out songs. Yeah. Like somebody's like, oh, we should do this. A lot of them are hits. Yes. Are hits, yes, of course. But some of them aren't. Yeah. But they deserve every inch of on this vinyl. No, totally agree, yeah. Uh, and there's one song, and I don't know which one it is, but every time I hear this song, it makes me cry. <laughs> And I can't remember which one it is. Uh, I've said it before when we reviewed it, and I'll say it again, I'll never tire of Melancholy Man. No. That's just such a good song. Yeah. And it just There's come, so many good comes songs Comes in with that this. big, the big bassy line. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's like, over ninety minutes, yeah. and it's it's a whole album experience. So it is. We I highly recommend it. I'm unless you got you got something else to talk. I guess I got. I guess I got stuff to talk about there. Yeah, you do. God, I just want to. It's just like, oh, this is so good. I want to give you my score. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so this is the Moody Blues. The Moody Blues Threshold Records Catalog Two THS Twelve and Thirteen. Uh, Canada, 1974, original pressing, gatefold, and it's a double album. Uh, the condition, the cover, uh, medium, I have it as medium good. It's readable spine. One of the quarters was smushed over. Kind of a fuck oh, up there, okay. yeah. 
so that kind of takes some of the edge off. But uh, but other than that, it's wear and tear, and kind of in the in the usual places. But the corners are are good, the spine's good, and all the important parts are there. That's all. That's all that matters. It's not water damaged. Um, <laughs> sleeve, plain paper on both of them. The vinyl uh, on both of them very good. Uh, some minor scuffs on one of them, but nothing that ever affected the group at all. I will say too, the vinyl, both, I'm going to say these are well played. They got played a lot, but they're in good condition. Uh, the audio, we've talked about this, uh, very good. I mean, these we've always given Moody Blues high credits for, or good marks for their, for their because they like to control their, their, their mixes and everything. But they went back and remixed some of the songs, and man, it's something that just sounds so fucking good. So, yeah. uh, you know. High marks for them. Uh, cover designed by Ethan Russell. Ethan, designer, photog with 135 credits. He's been on the show twice with The Who, Who's Next, and The Who's Quadrophenia. Other credits include uh, The Beatles and The Rolling Stones. So now, uh, now I'm done. Okay. Um, Discogs, it gets rated 3.71 out of 5. Also bullshit. Ah, uh, totally. With 45 people rating. Yeah, they're idiots. Resale value on this album in its worst condition, $2.83. Uh, I bet there's a, sorry, I should say, I bet there's a lot of them out there. Um, I don't know whether I noticed. Okay. Uh, $6.70 and in its good condition, $48.29. Ooh. We're close to that 48. Yeah, I that, think that, that we would. corner is a little fucked up, but. Yeah, we could get. Uh, the vinyl's. Close to it. Perfect. Yeah. So. I gave this one five out of five. Me must too. own, must listen. Yeah, me too. Yeah, if you're a fan, classic rock, the Moody Blues, whatever. I mean, you put, just go. Yeah, I recommend it. This is this is like a, the perfect compilation of a band's early stuff. This will give you your Moody Blues fix. Yeah, for sure. It's everything you need there. Yeah. Like I said, my my comment is, what else could you want from a compilation? Like no, it's everything. You know, and we've we've talked about almost 500 albums during this podcast mm -hmm. over the last five years, and this has got to be up in the top ten for me. Yeah, of uh, albums that of albums, especially like I said, especially of compilations. Like yeah. I can't think of another compilation that's this good. Oh gosh, no. That this it's it's this not just this good, but just in terms of uh, capturing everything about the band, and, and just like I said, having everything interconnect and never. Never a silent moment of where there's a gap between tracks. Everything blends into a continuous story. Well, and everything's recognizable. Yeah, that too. And yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's a, okay, that's a good example too. Yeah, so if you want somebody to get into the band, into Moody Blues or whatever, exposed to Moody Blues, it's like, here. Yeah, take this. This is fucking all you need. You know, most <laughs> compilations, you know, with one album even, yeah. you cannot fill both sides. Oh, fuck yeah, we've definitely covered... And they've done it with two complete albums yeah 100 I, or 94 minutes 94 and minutes seconds and we could probably find more songs to throw in there that were probably like i'd have to go back through all the stuff but yeah, yeah it's amazing to have that much material that's that's why you don't do uh, a compilation right away you wait for a while so you have some shit built up they had some shit built up yeah so okay yeah. so moody blues down wow yeah that album gave me the warm fuzzies that's mm -hmm. for sure Okay, last but not least, uh, Bonnie Raitt, Sweet Forgiveness. Uh, it's the third Bonnie Raitt album for us. And we, I, sorry, I just, and I think they're in, uh, we've got them in chronological order now. Um, Not in chronological order, but I think we've covered three of them in a row, like an actual row. 
and not just jumping around her timeline. Sorry, continue on. I kind of... Yeah, it's... Because uh, this is before Home Plate, and we've covered the one before this. The Glow. The Glow. Yeah, the Glow was before this, and then this one, and then we covered Home Plate. So, yeah, three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this one's in the middle. Yep, in the middle, yes. I think. No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. <laughs> um, so, Home Plate, 1975. We did that in episode 69 of our Anchor podcast. Mm -hmm. And The Glow, episode 68, released in 1977, yep. um, off Anchor as well. So, she's an American blues singer and guitarist. During her career, she's released a series of critically acclaimed, roots-influenced albums that incorporated elements of blues, roke, roke. <laughs> That's a combination of folk and... <laughs> Rock what is, and folk. What's a combination? What's a combination of that? <laughs> Rock and folk <laughs> and country. Fuck. She's also a frequent session player with collaborator and collaborator with other artists such as Warren Zevon, Little Feet, Jackson Brown, The Pointer Sisters, John Prine, and Leon Russell. She's received 10 Grammy Awards, as well as the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm -hmm. She was ranked number 50 on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest singers of all time, which I don't disagree with. And she was also on their list of 100 greatest guitarists of all times. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2000. Sweet Forgiveness is her sixth album, released in 1977. Hmm. Producer on this album, Paul A. Roth. Rothschild. Rothschild. Yeah. I just wrote Roth. <laughs> and he's got 353 producing credits to his name. He's been on the show before with you. Rhinoceros, Rhinoceros, mm, mm -hmm. The Doors Soft Parade, The Doors 13, Janis Joplin Pearl, The Doors Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine. Compilation. Janis Joplin Greatest Hits, Valdi, See How the Years Have Gone By, and bon he also did Bonnie Raitt's Home Plate. Home Plate, okay. Yeah. So here we go. Track listing. About to make about to make me leave home. Runaway. Two lives. Louise and Gambling Man. Side B, Sweet Forgiveness. My opening farewell. Three time loser. Taken my time and home. Runtime is thirty-three minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Oh, these sons of bitches. Again, they have the songs on here out of order. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. No. Why? I don't know. You just go to throw it on there, and you're like, you look at it, you're like, why isn't this the... <laughs> it's, I, don't, I don't understand. Don't no. give me the songs out of order on there, because uh, you like, front and present. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, for context, before we've talked about Home Plate, 1975, yeah. and the after was The Glow, 1979. Yeah, like you said, smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Uh, you want to go? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bonnie Raitt and her voice and her singing and her guitar playing and she's got a great voice. all of the no uh, collaborations she's done with many, many musicians. Mm -hmm. I love her. However, I don't think this is an album I would listen to again. No, no. And that's exactly kind of the problem with this In the Middle album is that it doesn't really do anything or say anything on its own. It's just, it has that one hit-ish, the hit, kind of hit it. Oh, Runaway, thank you, yeah. yeah. Which, of course, somebody else's hit. <clears throat> well, but none of the songs are written by her. No, no. I don't think she's ever written songs that she's recorded. 
generally speaking, no. I think that might have changed. Yeah, but they've yeah, always yeah. been written by someone else. But really, once you get past the beginning of it and Runaway, it just kind of goes, it just kind of gets into this same slow groove that doesn't, it doesn't get out of it. It's just, it doesn't, uh, doesn't change or do anything else. It's just yeah. this one tone. But like you said, though, uh, for me, I would, if you're a Bonnie Raitt fan, I would say go check it out because there might be some stuff you like on here. I think really only offers that one song, Runaway. But outside of that, I thought it was boring as fuck. Yeah, see, I'm a Bonnie Raitt fan, but I I would go make a playlist of her more popular songs, I Proper guess. songs, yeah. And yeah. some of her collaborations yeah. with other artists. Before I would go back to this album. Yeah, there's no real re real reason to listen to this one. And, like, that's that's kind of the big problem. Is that it, like you said, she's got a great voice. The, Man, the yeah. mix, the mix and master on this is fantastic, too. Like, all three albums of this. And the musicianship? Music, fucking great, for sure. Especially on the on the Runaways track. I think she used her own band. Because uh, usually she uses studio session guys. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that Michael McDonald was on this one, too. <laughs> um... <laughs> No Jay, just, no Jay Ferguson, though. No Jay, no, I know. We haven't had any Jay Ferguson. We need a little dab, you Jay. Your, you we, need your Jay Ferguson fix? Ferguson fix. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's anyways. It's just, it becomes, yeah, I have, it becomes monotonous. All those musicianship things, singing, all that shit, great. The mix, fantastic. It's just, after a while, it's just sleepy time. Yeah, yeah, it's... um. That's why I suggest if you're a fan, go for it. But uh, this is not an album if I wanted to show somebody uh, her talents or the band's talents. This is not an album I'm picking up for somebody to be like, here, get into Bonnie Raitt. This is not that album. <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad not... I feel bad? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm trashing the album. I'm not. No, it's just... But I just... It's, it's not, because none of the songs are bad. It's not bad. It's no. just... It's just... Eh. And eh. it's, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Forgiveness, Bonnie Raitt, Warner Brothers, or yeah, Warner Brothers Records, catalog, BS2990, Canada, 1979, original pressing. Uh, condition, the cover is eh, medium okay. It does have some heavy wear fade going on, but, you know, uh, the spine is kind of is readable. You can see the catalog number, and that's what matters sometimes. Yeah, you can tell that one hasn't been played or pulled out of the collection much. No, no, it's it's, it's worn pretty good, and even on I noticed now even more so on the edges here too that it's really starting to go. Um, sleeve there is none, so this the vinyl's just raw dogging it in there. But uh, surprisingly enough, the vinyl's actually some kind of some minor scuffs aside is actually in really good condition, like very good condition. I would I would say very good. Yeah. Um. The audio, I've talked about it already. It's it's solid. I thought it was a great mix. Everything's, you know, her voice is clearly the star of the show. And then nothing oversteps that. Her As voice is right be, yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And nothing nothing is overpowering. The guitars are right there, I would say, probably second. And then everything else. So, Well, because that's her. Like she's Yes, her... of course. Yeah, I know. I totally yeah, get that. Yeah. No, And the mix really, that's my point, is the mix really supports her, what she's doing. It's not right. working against her gotcha. in some, some way. If they're not trying to hide the vocals behind a drum kit or something. No. Um, art direction and photography by John Van Hammersveld. John, a photog designer with 158 credits, on the show with The Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street, Steve Miller's Fly Like an Eagle, and John Cougar's American Fool. And that's it for me. 
So we could just wrap up that energy you got there with a big yawn. And wrap it yawn. up, baby. It was a stifled yawn because I know you always. <laughs> We're in the middle it, of drives the podcast. You, it drives you crazy that I yawn. It does during our show. Yes. It's not because I'm bored. Not at I, all. I don't think that. But wrap it up there, Yanni right. McGee. <laughs> Discogs, it gets rated four to five with 23 people. Uh, you're rating bull- bullshit <laughs> uh resale value two dollars and one cent five dollars and 84 cents and in good condition fourteen dollars and 19 cents that's reasonable i give it two out of five true yeah that's what i did too wow yeah. I didn't, there's just nothing else there I let like me guess this. best of three moody blues <sighs> no i'm gonna go with head east because okay. you're gonna give moody blues i mean yes of course moody blues is the best fucking but it's not it's a compilation though no, no, no. I'm going with Head East because it's, okay. it's the best album. But, you know, fucking Corpse Moody Blues is the best album. But to me, it doesn't, it doesn't count as much because it's a compilation of, like, like of a, of a great band. Head East is an actual, just an actual album. That makes sense. It does. But, like, but I'm like still I said, gonna say Moody Blues. you go with the Moody Blues, yeah. and I, I technically, yes, I agree with you totally, 100%. Yeah. But I want to give Head East some But love. that Head East is a good album. Yep, and exactly. it would deserve your... So that's why I'm going to give him a little bit of love here. Okay. So, okay. Anyways, Bonnie, right down. And, uh, yeah, there we go. So we're back up. We're back up and running. We're going to have some new stuff up soon. We'll see you next week. A week. Hold on a sec here if I can get the screen up. Oh, there we go. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.